0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Average Outdoorsman podcast here in studio with Tim and Mike. And we uh, brought in a special guest today, Scott Wilhelm. He is our resident ice fishing expert.
1: He uh, is our ice our, fishing
0: expert. Our ice fishing expert. He uh, we've known Scott actually for a long time. Just uh, he works at Shields um, and we've been going in there for while well, you said you've worked there for 18 years, 18 years. So we've probably been going there for 18 years and that's that's how we've guys
2: are at least 18 years old. At
0: least. At least. Uh,
1: People would say that I don't act like I'm 18 years old, but my driver's license says I'm over it. So that's all.
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: It's gotta be. And Scott's been a guy that we've, you know, every time we go into Shields, we talk. You know, I go in there for something. I think it's going to take me five minutes. I don't know why I make that mistake every time I end up spending yeah, an hour I wish talking. I you guys would do
2: more buying and less talking, but that's, just, uh, that's, a salesman <laughs> that's just the That's just the way it goes. I, I do appreciate seeing you when you come in.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Maybe we'll uh, continue to keep coming in then. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, we brought him in to talk ice fishing and kind of our uh, a strategy uh, for late season ice fishing and how to select a body of water to to be efficient for those days that you're able to sneak out and, in, and, and fish.
1: I think this episode is going to be very relevant g- considering what we've just gone through. Uh, not the entire country, uh, has gone through some pretty nasty weather, but, um, in the ice belt, especially, uh, this time of year is tough. I, I mean, it's, this is, this is what tests your will as an ice fisherman is going out there and
0: mid February, e- mid
1: February either not
2: getting many marks on it's your such an excuse, the midwinter lulls, but I it's guess, like the October lull in whitetail. There's no question. i mean Oh yeah. tough. Um I know talking with some old guys about that subject, they're just like different groups of old dudes. They all say the same thing, like right around Valentine's, then the days get longer and the fish start picking up and well, it's, we're we're there. So it should only yeah. really get better.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, hopefully. It, hopefully.
2: Yeah
0: hopefully for us, I've had
1: some buddies out recently and you know, the it's obviously been extremely cold we've had, you know, 160 straight hours below zero. So, uh, the fish, the fish recognize that and they kind of go into a little bit of a shutdown mode, but it's supposed to get warmer here across a lot of the country and fishing should start to get really good. And then, you know, when you get out of that super cold temperatures, you know, where do you find the fish? What, And what's the right presentation. And that's kind of some of the stuff we're going to cover today.
0: Yeah, As we transition to that, what we consider late season ice is kind of what we look at. And, and again, we, we're going to talk strategies on late season ice and big water versus small water. So you're, you're talking, you know, lakes that are over a thousand acres and lakes that are a hundred acres. Yeah. This is
1: my favorite time to fish. Uh, the late ice part of the season is my favorite time to fish. I think that. The fishing gets the most exciting um and that's when the big fish start, come out come out to start to play and you yeah. get big fish to bite I,
2: I love the late season i mean the whole season's great but uh it just uh, it gets warmer for one the days get longer i know it's getting out of work at five it's still light out now i love it um more oxygen in the water just the, the fish i think get spring fever like we do oh yeah i, I truly i don't know if there's any science behind that but
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can, you know, you go to those same hunts that you've been in throughout the entire February and you may not get in a mark, right. And then you come back and comes early March, mid March, if you still got good ice and, and those fish are there and they are hungry. And that's when the the larvae start to come, they start to hatch or getting ready to hatch things start to move around on the bottom. And, yep. and this is, this is when you fish the mud, The uh, late ice is when you start to fish the mud and um that's when it gets fun. Love it.
0: Well, I know, like I said, coming in, talking to you for 18 plus years, whatever it may be, I know you like to fish small lakes. I know you like to get out, get away from the crowds and fish those small lakes. Why do you like to fish those small lakes?
2: I guess just probably the lack of traffic and crowds of people.
0: The adventurous side of you all the time. A little bit. That's what I like about the small lakes is just I've never fished it before. Let's go try to figure it out. That's yeah, one of the draws I've, for me I mean,
2: I've, and that I've struck out too oh, I've gone to small plenty lakes of times. And like you just I mean you don't always do enough research, and I'm sure we'll touch on that, but absolutely you know, with the dNR biologists did this lake freeze out oxygen levels, kill the fish, and you know I luckily where I work, I run into some of those guys come in through the store they're buying they literally come in.
0: You get the good basis, Intel, I bet
2: buy minnows for their fish tank at their display in their office. Sure. So I'm like, hey. You know, it's, it's good intel. <laughs> good. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. where are it's you a catching huge them? Perk of the job. Okay.
0: Very good. Very good to know. Well, what makes you choose a small lake? Like, what type of research do you do? Like, you touched on before. Are you looking at the DNR website and just the maps? Like, what I've noticed is, unfortunately, our DNR website isn't all that great when you're talking about those smaller lakes. Up
2: to date, relevant information. It's not. I know one of my good buddies grew up in Minnesota and now lives here. And he often compares just that, that up to date info that how we lack in Wisconsin.
0: It's a, it's a game changer when you go over to yep. Minnesota,
2: there is still a lot of great resources. Um, again, the, the biggest issue is how, how current you're chasing stuff, but like sportsman's connection books, have you guys ever looked at those, like the, the paper spiral ring binder. Yep. Um, non-digital format blows people's mind it's weird but (laughs) i love that um and couple that you know and it shows info of what shocking reports they had obviously depths of stuff there's a lot of apps i have for map mcgarman avionics to check lake depths i look for depth for one you know, what type of depth
0: are you looking um, something that's got to have at least a 30-foot hole or yeah,
2: 30 foot's kind of the cusp. Like when I when I do on my apps adjust, you know, like the highlight depth areas, I'm always looking for that 30 foot plus. And it's really because I like crappies, and it's not only for potentially the oxygen in the water to keep fish sustained through the winter, but also to just that's like where the basins are to go and start drilling and finding them too.
0: Sure, sure. Absolutely. So now you know we've touched a little bit on the small lakes how about the big lakes like when do you like to get out into the the bigger bodies of water and and start fishing those i mean do you in the morning or the days leading up do you decide okay i'm gonna i'm gonna find a new small lake to fish or okay i'm gonna go to this bigger body of water yeah so like i literally thought so it's like
2: tuesday night right now and thursday i'm off i'm going fishing thursday And I'm taking my dad. He's 73. That's actually a factor. I'm not going to go walking through the woods to a small lake. It's laid ice. It's safe ice. A lot of places I'll drive the truck out with my old man and go. So I probably will actually, in this case, pick a bigger body of water. I like to tackle bigger bodies of water and just cut it up into small pieces though, you know, and be like this is a small part of the lake. I'm going to concentrate on this to start. Do you try to hit those bigger bodies of water during the weekdays, like your
1: days off during the weekdays? Cause I mean, inherently they're probably going to have less people on them. Um, is that kind of, is that, yeah, I use that
2: mentality. I mean, it's not like I, you know, have to not see people when I fish, but it just, to me, it makes it that much sweeter when I can go and get away from somebody. So yeah. yeah, I will, I'll try it on a Saturday and then, you know, or a Sunday and then go out to some of those back in places. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, that brings up another question. Like, does it pay off ever when you're fishing those bigger bodies of water to fish near the crowds? I mean, usually I look at some of the local lakes here when there's a crowd of people out, they're usually fishing the cribs. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of validity to that, but at the same time, I like to try to break away from it and get away from those guys and just try to a different technique and just try to find them somewhere else.
2: Yeah. Even if it's less effective, it's more rewarding. Just fighting your own fish. And maybe it's a pride thing. Like, oh, these are my (laughs) fish. I did it on my (laughs) own, but I think they get pressured. They do. They're not maybe as smart as they're probably smarter than some of my coworkers and such, but they they don't like remember and they're not and pressure is is a loose term, but I I just think I'd I'd rather go and get virgin fish, you know, and just fish sure. that haven't been knocked around in holes in their lips.
0: I guess that's one of the one of the big reasons why I like to fish the smaller bodies of water. Yep. You know, if I can hike in off a road through the woods and and find a little lake. That to me is awesome.
2: Isn't it just more rewarding what you is. find? Yeah, I mean, it it's is. It's, it's like, like a little more effort. It, it's like you found your own- more reward. Like it's like, like the same
1: mentality yeah. that uh, hunters have going public land versus private land. You gotta work really hard. You hike back four or five miles um, on that public land, whether you're whatever animal you're going for, but it just, there's something more rewarding about, you know, the extra effort you put into it. Yep. you going further, staying longer. Um, I guess that's it. same thing for ice fishing. You know, you have to. If you have to, you know, you drive your truck up to a heated ice shack. Nothing wrong with that. It has its place. We've done oh, one of those too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's not so bad when it's been you know twenty five or thirty below. But um, you know, walking into a a small little lake where you got to walk back up a, a mile and a half up a huge hill and you're dragging a shack and it when you get on those fish, those are the days you're gonna remember. Absolutely. Those are the, the trips that the, the, when you talk about ice fishing, you know, memories, those are the ones that stick out um, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's, you know, the, you don't remember the day that you went to a, uh, you know, a, a wheelhouse. And you're sitting there having a couple beers, and you catch three or four walleyes. That's not the trip you talk about. You talk about the trip that you work really hard for, and you caught a whole
2: bunch of fish. And more suffering, more suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sticks. I think it burns a little deeper in your memory. Yeah, though, you sure. don't know
0: more suffering doesn't always mean more fish. Oh, for not sure. <laughs> but it, it, it definitely is rewarding. Definitely. Um, going back to your small lake strategy, when you're when you're fishing that, you you mentioned thirty foot holes. Is that where you start? those 30 foot holes and kind of move out? Are you drilling?
2: Yeah, I will. Like I'd say that mid to late winter. I will, I, it just it's almost the easiest on a map. You just take say a circular shaped lake and it's deep in the middle, 30, 40 feet. I'm literally going to start on that contour just right in the dead center and an X pattern, if you will. And you know, depending on traditional sonar, in my case I have panoptics, makes my it increases my efficiency, right? I drill less holes. I can see out further. Yeah. You know, we had the pleasure of uh, fishing with live scope, live scope. Oh uh, well, yeah. You got your high rollers got a live scope. one yeah, yeah. wasn't was it
0: was not us. No, it was that not was, us. That
1: was our, our buddy who has a lot more toys than we do.
0: It's
2: not what you know. It's who, you know, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and
0: it's, it's the only time we've ever done it. And Holy cow, it makes a difference. You, know, like we you were, can, you can drill a hole and you can kind of scan around. He'll tell you, okay, go 15 feet that way. Yeah, and they'll, they'll be there.
2: And, it, and it's, you still bag limits, you know, hopefully people are following them and there's talk about, what, will it change the sport? Will it change bag limits? It, it's hard to know. I mean, that's what's your thought me, on,
0: are so. you keeping a lot of fish when you go? Are you, you know, are you searching for a limit? Or are you searching, you know, I only need to bring home five or what's well, your, I
2: have a reputation <laughs> out there. I, I like to keep fish. I'm definitely not the guy I'm old, but not old enough. I'm not the old guy that's like, I got my limit. Sure. And you look in the bucket and it's just like minuscule fish. Um, I eat a lot of fish. I mean, I love baking it. I love in casseroles and soups. I mean, I don't just fry it. You would think I just fry it if you look at my midsection, but (laughs) again, this is radio. So (laughs) that's the benefit we have. But I just, I love cooking anything I drag in the house, you know, and fish and whatever. So I do keep a lot of fish. I don't, go back to the same lake six days in a row and keep 25. I, I definitely try to spread it out. Um, little gems, like some of these little lakes we're talking about, some of my favorite ones, which I will not name. I, I don't, I didn't keep fish the last, like three times in. I just some big bluegills. Like I just feel bad, you sure. know, don't want to, I mean, yeah, those are the ones that are going to keep that population healthy. I want to go and catch that. 10 inch in two years when he's maybe 11 and yeah, your exactly. Eplica, you know? take your exactly. take your your kids out and, and show them that that same experience. I don't too. trust them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking them
0: or, or you guys don't yeah. worry. Yeah. We know we're not invited. So let's go down that
1: path. What that,
2: we'll ask a question. What's your favorite fish recipe? Mm, I've got one. It's a bait casserole. Uh, there's beans on the bottom and then some fish and then like this onion cheese mixture on top and then some corn flakes and butter on top of that. It's like lasagna, fish casserole type of thing.
0: Now, can you send I'll me that recipe re- I, I, or is absolutely. that as secret as some of these no, small ones?
2: No, I'll send it to you. Okay. I what's your, though, what's so. your
1: least favorite fish recipe? Everybody's oh, got something out there that they, they There's a type of fish that they
2: just don't like. I don't know. I, I pretty much like it all. You like it all. Yeah, okay. I don't, I haven't, I personally haven't made a lot of fish. I did to it in the air fryer the other day. That, not good. So, there we go. Air frying fish, yeah. air frying. not a great idea. I tried it the no. other day too. Man,
0: it is not easy to pull off. I thought I was going into it and like, oh, I'll just do
2: this how I would normally. They should just market that that thing as like a French fry warmer upper because it's not for not for fish. (laughs) My wife, my wife, she's going to argue. She's like, this is the best Christmas present I ever (laughs) got.
0: My my wife (laughs) would say the same thing. We use we use ours actually quite a bit, you know, chicken whatever it may be. But yeah, chicken nuggets
2: for the kids or whatever.
0: It's perfect
1: for that. If you haven't used a pizzazz for chicken nuggets something that my wife
2: changed yeah. my life. I, I had one of those in college too, but I, I don't anymore. I still have one. I use it frequently.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, getting back to kind of on topic, I guess here. Um, what do you consider late ice? Like what do you signifies? Okay. We're moving into late ice season. Like-
2: and you transition to different, your different strategies. So I would say when it starts like, you know, warming up to the point, even nights are warmer in that window of time where how much longer are we going to have ice at all, safe ice. And, and and when the water's running in there, oxygen levels are getting better and they just, they literally just kind of start on fire. I mean, don't jump out of the hole, but. Is there a certain like temperature
1: you're looking for? Like, are you looking for any indicator? Is there a specific indicator that you look for? You're like, Okay, I, I'm going to this lake because of this.
2: No, I mean, I guess like, yeah. no, not really. I just like calendar wise, I mean, usually, and every year's different, you know, I'd say like in any time the calendar turns to March, mid March is when it gets good. Like a couple of years ago, I ice fished April 22nd and it was okay, but I swear like the fish were in a funk. It was so late. So, like yeah. that they're like, we're usually like, in seven feet of water, getting ready to spawn. It's just the water temps weren't there. It's obviously there's factors, water temp for spawn, there's photo period, you know, how long the sun's up, all that stuff. But like it was a weird year having it that late. Yeah. So a typical year I would say in that, you know, early to mid-March and I'm I'm looking on a lake, like contour wise, like where are they gonna spawn? Whether it's from past knowledge or just, you know, Google earth, like there's weed reeds all the way up in here. Like if I think they're gonna spawn there and it's a big circular basin, you know, even on a small lake, just say a hundred feet by a hundred feet i a lot of times i'll find them shifting to the north where that spawning flat is okay you know if if you cut the the basin in four or something it's, they're up in that quadrant of it where they're gonna spawn i found they they're just they're waiting to get up there yeah and so you in that kind of that transition you, so you fish that transition
0: you'll see their mm-hmm. you'll see the water depth that they're hanging out in. they won't be in that 30 foot hole as much maybe they're closer to that 15 foot yep,
2: they start to move they start to move more
1: shallow oh. Sure. And are they just, they're feeding in and out of that and coming back and forth between yep. transition.
2: I know you made the comment, like the mud bottom. I mean, yep. y- there's a lot of other factors they need to be that kind of that mucky bottom where the bugs are to, and if there's weeds, usually late ice, their weeds are kind of gone and completely dead by them. But if you can get some sustaining weeds, that's obviously can be killer mid to late ice too. F- f- yeah. Fishing near Springs.
1: It's kind of a, you know, kind of a dangerous thing. Late ice. You had to check your, game,
2: dangerous game. Yeah. Um, got to check your ice a lot, but if you yeah, can find a late is can be just as unsafe as first, in a lot of ways it's, you just don't know. You can't see it.
1: Yeah. And uh you're not getting it's those safe. late, late, those overnight temperatures that are building new ice. Yep. You're always losing ice. Uh, but yeah, I, I've always fa- found that if you, if you can find a spring fed lake, you can find a deep spring that is, and there's weeds holding there. That's where some of the best fishing is going to be. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So kind of, going from there then tim
0: yeah um what how does your actually your fishing style change like are you going bigger baits, smaller baits um obviously a little backstory to scott he 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 ties his own ice flies um kind of the the secret the secret weapon that he takes out um he, he does do that. I have a few, luckily for me. <laughs> you can um, find them at, at Shields. At Shields uh, you got, you have a
1: Facebook. Yep. Sell them through Facebook. Through, as well. Through Facebook. Yep. Go t- check out the brand. It's ice flies. Yep. Um, I, I found that when fishing gets really tough in the winter and your typical tungsten straight up jig with a spike or a, a grub isn't working, I will almost always switch over to the smallest ice fly that I can get with a, either a plastic or a spike on it. And I can usually get something going, um, I know that that's not getting it going. I'm probably in the wrong spot, or I, I'm just probably not going to catch fish that day. Might just not be good enough. <laughs> that's <laughs> there's a, a
0: very very good possibility. No, there's 100%. a lot, hundred Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> but anyway, are you fishing bigger baits or are you fishing smaller yeah. jigs? Or are I you?
2: always like to use as big as I can get away with. You know, within reason for the rod I'm using. I don't want it to be overloaded where I can't see or feel anything. But it's just it holds my line more taut. And it just, it gets down quicker. So there's breeze. So I definitely will, when they're more active in that late ice period, I'll jump back up to a if standard tungsten, like from a four to a five, maybe. Um, my ice fly is just a bigger size eight horizontal with the tail on it. Something a little more aggressive. When okay. they're more aggressive, it's just to me more fun to- Yeah, it's awesome when they're bigger, snapping. Bigger, heavier yeah. bait. I use spoons more in the later, later part of the season too.
1: Okay. Any like jigging wraps? Or is that when you're starting to-
2: like uh, this time of year, it's kind of tough. You can get into some, some yeah. good fish with jigging raps. I but. definitely think of it as more of a, for panfish. wise, more of an aggressive bait. So I do use that in the polar ends, more early and late ice mm-hmm. for sure. Okay.
0: So do you see your fishing style almost emulate early ice? Compared to mid-ice when you start talking about late ice? Yeah,
2: it just comes around kind of full circle for sure. me.
0: So you kind of start one way, it morphs into something yep. different mid-season and kind of gets back to the roots.
2: Yep, I basically, it's like a, you know, just a curve. Like I start out big and aggressive and as it gets tougher and they're more, just a little tougher bite, then I go to a smaller stuff. I've got a lot of three and smaller millimeter Russian tungsten cool stuff out there. And it's fun to fish, but it's more work. You know, using a schooly style reel and just not using my traditional inlines. It's just, it's more work. And I like when I can put that down, get back to ease a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Are you, uh,
1: this time of year, are you, what are you using more live bait
2: or plastics? Live bait. What's, what do you, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand the question. (laughs) You're a, you're a very (laughs) big soft plastic guy. Yeah. I I mean, when it comes to like, like spikes, mousies, waxies, I, I don't, I don't buy them. Don't use them. I just it's not like they don't catch fish i know they do i just is love, it cheating in your eyes absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> i okay, I, I lie because i did buy some i took my family out and some neighbor kids it was awesome they caught fish you know i just they they like it's right of passage right you gotta sure. you gotta put waxes on, the hook, put a couple right? spikes on. Yeah. yeah and it's not like i'm too good for you know live bait i mean it's very very effective i just with between my ice flies, the horizontal ones at the tail. I don't put anything on those. I use it as is the tail is the action and tractor. And then I just I love plastics, you know, so I, I got a lot of plastics. And I I've just, I've seen
0: your, I've seen your tackle box, your ice fishing box and it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty
2: I, I got a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I, would yeah. So. I would say so. I have some come, summer I've guys that the have, step of admitting it that <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah. So. There's some,
1: there are some bass guys that would be impressed by how many baits you have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And
2: it's just, you know, I don't know. I'm just fascinated by the multitude of shapes, colors, profiles, Okay, the scent. I always use scent on everything. Do you
0: find a big difference between shapes and different profiles, like different times of year? Like you know, you try one, it doesn't work and you happen to switch that little, small, little plastic and it triggers them.
2: For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times when they're, they're suicidal and they're just pounding anything, you know, it doesn't matter. Is it ripped? You know, I'm really picky about having it hanging straight off. Am I not hanging at a true 90, all this stuff. But when they're hungry, they're going to eat it all. But I love it when you stumble on just whether it's uh, you know going from a horizontal presentation to vertical or a real buggy profile to something really straight and narrow. Maybe maybe they're eating minnows. Um, I know one of my last trips out, Every fish I caught, they were kind of finicky, was mouthful of blood worms, like perch, crappie, bluegill. I caught all three species. They all were just like puking them out. So I, right away, there was kind of a green pumpkin-y kind of translucent, at least after it had been chewed on, dug through my plastics, found a kind of a traditional wedgie, if you will, and that, in that motor oil type of color. And I, and it literally, it felt to me, maybe I'm trying to pat myself on the back but i found (laughs) and and they the i mean the fishing was way better they absolutely picked up and started eating that
1: yeah because that's soft plastics in ice fishing i would say is it's not as well received or not as well used as you know it is in most other bass walleye musky so you know there's you definitely have the, the traditionalist what well if you're not using live bait you're not catching
2: fish there's I mean, that's a large segment. So of the- I have a pretty unique perspective, you know, working at shields for so long. And when I started, there was very few plastics on the market. And now again, since I'm the guy who orders them, I maybe get a little carried away on that end <laughs> as well, but I have like four, eight, 12 feet of ice plastics during the, the heat of the season. And there's just a ton of new profiles. I mean, the technology's changed. They can, you know, some of my two best selling companies are local Wisconsin companies. It's pretty cool. BY plastics and P3 plastics. I guess they're maybe out of Winona now, but I mean, check them out there. You got some really, both have really cool stuff.
1: If you had a a one go-to plastic, is there, is there one that you like? Hey Scott, which kid do you love the
2: best? (laughs) (laughs) If there's, if there's like, do you have a, what's your go-to? What's Um, your go-to like color? I'd say my most confident bait would be probably a. Black mud bug from BY, if I had to pick okay. one, it's kind of got a little bit of everything. It's a little buggy. It's finessey. I don't know. I just, it's, that's, that's one. Kind of, that if you're going to go confidence. fish a new spot, that's probably what you'd throw yep. on to start and that, with. And that brings me when I said confidence in it, that's a huge thing. I know when I'm standing at that 12 feet of plastics at shields and there's a lot of guys still that blows my mind. Right. That still are like, ah, I just, I don't know. I wax. These work so good. And that's us. Awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'll go out and out fish you with plastics, but you will. if you had the confidence in it, I mean, it's, I, I used to not have it. I started them dabble. am like, I need to have these right They're on the shelf. I better buy them. Right. Do you feel? But now I, I just don't, I don't buy live bait because now minnows I do, but that's another story. So. Sure.
0: And it, like for me, when I walk into Shields and there's that 12 foot set. Overwhelming. Of, it's uh, overwhelming. Like I look at it and so like. Buy one of each. <laughs> <laughs> says I the think salesman. It, yeah.
1: I think I can probably <laughs> uh, conference my wife in and she will put a veto to that pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it yeah. is like you stand there and there's so many different colors and so many different styles. It's like, how do I pick one of these and make it work?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sure it is overwhelming. So I have taken the approach I said before of buy one of each, like, well, literally, <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs>
0: it's not a bad idea, though. I well, mean, it really old, I've had
2: those for years. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm sure you've been accumulating them over years instead of oh, yeah. just going into Shields and buying everything in that 12 foot set at once.
2: Yes, so, I, yeah, for sure.
0: Like,
1: I mean, I missed the ice show that. up in the cities this year because. Everything was, can- I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Was it canceled this year?
2: It was. It yeah. was canceled. Yeah, I, I mean, saw that, That's sure. what I did there. I worked and sold my own ice flies, you know, in a booth. Yeah, and, yeah. But I'd sneak away and like. Go check out some stuff. stuff. Send the money out. Like, I need this. I don't yeah. have this. <laughs> well, the money, if it stays there, it's actually, it's good for the sport. So whatever oh, just, you. I'm worried about stimulating the economy. Yeah, yeah. Good what for I can Good for you. We have
0: to, as That's
1: citizens, cute. we have to stimulate the economy. Yeah, Absolutely. we have to do it's it. It's our duty. That's our nope. duty it's as our ice fishermen. Yeah. 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 I think
0: I'll go to Shields later. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh,
1: they're still open for a little while, so <laughs> I think. Until nine, we, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: perfect. <laughs> Wait till I'm there tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's
0: your? What are you going to? Rod wise, what are you fishing with?
2: I have a multitude of different, like custom rods, I guess, quote unquote, custom. Um, I feel it's important. Like working at shields, we sell, we don't sell one brand. Um, I literally own some of everything. I mean, I've got Elliot to a lot of St. Croix. I love some of the new St. Croix, the Croix custom ice rods. I got tuned up. I got DH. I mean, I got custom rods. We don't sell. There's, I, I just, from a sales standpoint and just kind of to be broad, I, I like to have a little bit of all of no, them. They all have number. their merits. Yeah, I mean, there's, exactly. there's,
1: I, I would say we own, what you just said, we probably own one of each, yeah. um, and there are certain, you know, situations where it's. I know that if I'm going to be doing this technique you know, you're reaching into your rod box, you know, exactly what rod you're going to pull out that makes you confidence. Like you
2: said, you're going to have confidence in that rod in that situation. And that's the way the whole, I guess, like fishing, hunting as well, industry, everything is so technique specific now. And it's, it's good. I can be, like you said, intimidating with the plastics. There's a wall of them. Like and people I say, well, what's one to buy? Well, I've got, you know, I've got favorites. I'll show them and stuff, but it's, I, I love that there's, you can, I have, when I take my rod box, like when I can drive and not walk into a little lake, I got to pack a little different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it truly I've been is there. a difference. Yeah. Like oh I yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Two of those great big hard rod cases, fuller rods, plus some when I can drive or take the Wheeler, at least I You're, take it all. Yeah, oh yeah. But if I'm walking in, it's like, no, nah, I got to take the, you got to pick three or four rods stuff, or yeah. So which you, it, it really teaches you just, it tells you that you don't need everything that I have. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. I I,
0: I have a rod box full of ice rods. And then, like you said, I have my little rod box that I can sling over my shoulder to take in those small lakes. And that's what I find myself fishing with 99% of the time, no matter what body of water I'm on. So for me, it's like, I, it's the confidence thing is I, I love these rods. I'm good with quote unquote good with these rods. And so that's just what I, I find myself doing. So
1: let's talk about maybe some, some of the new technology stuff. Um, you said that you, you're starting to use some, uh, some pan optics. Is that something that you see that yourself kind of transitioning away from some of the traditional, you know, sonar stuff to just
0: the, like the. Are you fishing just Panoptics? or Are you doing Markham's Vexlar? I,
2: I have a Markham LX7. I love that unit. It is lighter. It is more portable. I mean, if you take any Longer of that of live time, real sonar stuff, or, even, you know, so Panoptics. now Hellenberg's got one coming out. Lawrence has got stuff. Um, it's the plus obviously is what it does, right? It's live real time. You can, it's, it's way more efficient to pick apart body of water. Downside portability, if you're going way back in, and it's a small lake. I don't, I wouldn't say I don't need the live scope or the pan optics, you know, but if you can just drill a few more holes and really see if there's fish down there, you know, you're not going to see what it is. You're not going to tell positional left or right as much, but if they're down below you, we're going to be catching them anyways. It's still really effective. I don't see, it's not the death of traditional flashers, A, from a price standpoint, right? I mean, you can buy a flasher for you less than $300. We're like the cheapest you can get into that panoptic stuff is about you know thirteen hundred dollars new on the market. So, it's a it's a big difference, and it's it's changing the way people fish. There's no doubt. Would you say that you would like you know we fished? We talked about
1: fishing new bodies of water, smaller, bigger. If you're going to go to a new body of water, is that when you kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to bring the the panoptics to really dissect this lake and be able to fish it more
2: efficiently? Um, Is that kind of what your mentality would be? Yeah, I definitely want, I want to have it in my hands. If it's truly like going in back far enough and I fished it already and know that they're going to be in one of these two pockets, right? I'll maybe, I'll literally just won't bring it. You won't bring it. I try to get my kayak in there in the summer with pan optics and side view and the Garmin aspect of it. Um, Make a map. If there's no lake map, some of these little lakes don't have very good maps or accurate maps. So I try to get my kayak into lakes. I want to target in the winter start my scouting you know 6 months prior. Yeah, that's a big thing. I th- I would say that's a my weed lines. I mean it's just I can paint a picture of what's down there with today's That's a technology. big thing
1: with uh with ice fishing. People um generally when they talk about ice fishing they they look at the temperature start to drop and that's when they start to get their gear out they start to think about it uh, so you're it's you it's for you it's a year-round thing you're when you're fishing in the summer you're scouting for lakes that you're going to fish I, in i'm winter.
2: always thinking yeah i mean i love fishing in the spring summer and fall but one thing about pan optics how i fish with it i use it usually and this is all like in the open water months i'll i'll use it in the down view i use my side view side imaging side view to find structure I'll use my spot lock and spot lock over it. Look with my down view of my pan optics. I, I actually more or less ice fish year round. When they're spawning in shallow, that's a different story, right? I mean, that's what you got to do and move out of there into the weeds and maybe cast and horizontal paddle tail stuff. But I, my favorite time to open water fish is actually like as soon as ice is out. And I literally am using ice rods over the side of the boat. Really? yeah, Awesome. And then yeah. in the fall, like October, November last year, I just, I, I was testing some new ice rods I'd got, you know, I couldn't wait to, to try them all actual
0: ice. Yeah.
2: So I literally was using ice. Rod. I just, it's, it's fun. And yeah. It's super effective. Right. I mean, sure. the the technology of this stuff, I can, I see the fish coming up and sniffing the bait. Same way. I would say that's a, that's
1: another great, another great tip. If you're looking for, you know, it's when you buy these, these new custom rods that, you know, from, from some of these companies, you're investing a lot of money. So you want to get your, mm-hmm. your money's worth, you know, like what Scott said, go to some of these small lakes or big lakes if you, you know, to learn them for the winter, but uh, don't be afraid to take a kayak out, take some rods, it, you know, hauling a big rod is in a kayak is a, a big thing. So if you can bring in some ice fishing rods and, and get the same results, um, definitely don't, don't be afraid to try. It's something that I, until hearing that right now, I never would have thought of.
0: No. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Cool he he definitely is. He's de- he's changing the game. Oh, 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 oh. are <laughs> see you're gonna see people at the landings with kayaks and a box full of ice rods. <laughs> <laughs>
0: which would be oh, great. Which That'd would be, be great. Awesome, yeah, man.
2: yeah. I, it doesn't bother me a bit.
0: Are you are you finding that the the fish are, you know, when you're fishing them in a kayak after spawn and they're moving deeper, they're hanging out in the same spots they are when you're ice fishing them?
2: Early ice, I mean, it will cross over. I can go drill a hole right on top of where my waypoint was from late fall. I think I fished into while well, there was a buck chasing a doe on the hillside. The last time so, while I was out in so November, it was, it was some conflict there. Like, yeah. should I maybe bought a license and bow hunted this year? <laughs> like running up the hillside, oh, but man. I was catching, I caught a couple of really nice bluegills that day too. So I'm surprised you didn't bring your bow in the kayak. Yeah, it's not, I, I could, uh, I could do it. Yeah. I think that, you know, we, another cast sport and blast. That, yes. Cast and well, blast <laughs> string, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Cast and fling maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Awesome. I
1: think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and we'll, we'll just come back after the break.
0: Yep. Sounds good. And we're back still sitting here with Scott and, uh, Talking ice fishing.
1: Talking ice fishing. And talking. We had a lot of great conversations uh, offline and thought we'd bring some of those back online. (laughs) Yes. So, what we want to talk about is uh, I think Scott's very passionate about real choice. Um, A big thing over the last couple of years is uh, one to one reels. Um, I know he's a a big fan of them. I bought my first one this year. Um, Jury's still out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, i I think he might throw something at me theories on that
2: (laughs) so
1: give me your give me your thoughts a traditional spinning reel uh versus a one-to-one what would you call it
2: so once again with the the aspect of selling stuff on a daily basis uh a spinning reel in my mind it was designed originally to cast the lure out from here till tomorrow it's not that it won't work ice fishing. It still does work. There's some tricks to make it work better, but it's going to twist your line, right? It's coming off there. You reel up a horizontal jig, and you stop it, and you just watch it spin, and then it spins the other way. And there's times when they're going to eat it, they don't care, right? It's falling down. They're going to pound it on the descent. But when they're neutral and finicky, I've watched it on a camera or watched it sight fishing both, and it's, that thing will start spinning a little bit, and they're just, they're back away. They're done. And that's, I personally, the 1%, right? If I can do something that gets me a little bit 1% more effective, i want to do it. And the inline reels, whether it's a one-to-one, you mentioned like a fly style that you reel forward and backwards yep. to get it out. Like my or- black buddy.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that would be. Then, the, I think that's the most popular one in the market. Well,
2: right? the one to one ratio is like a true fly reel, or like okay. A, so most of them now with a trigger or a button on the side, they're they are geared. Oh, they're, they are. There's going to okay. be a ratio on the retrieve that makes it more efficient for deeper water because that was a limitation with a fly reel or a schoolie style disc reel is really more of a shallow water game. Um, but anyway, so the inline reel is a broad is a broad look at it. The inline it takes a twist out, right? it's a huge factor in my opinion the problem with what we had talked about a little bit that you didn't like is you okay so you catch a fish it's a you catch a fish um
1: it's operator to just so you know it's oh, operator I know. okay him, so i'm
0: saying he actually caught a fish is a big thing so yeah, yeah I, I was successful one time
1: cool. so you're reeling up that fish um you you're going to you're going to take the fish off you set that reel down in the the ice or the snow whatever Go to pick it back up. You go to press the trigger. Nothing happens. It, the 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 spools yeah. You know, it's got some ice on it. It's got some snow on it. Um, that was my biggest frustration.
2: It's, Once, I, it, and it's the truth. I mean, it, it'll impair it, but it's. I guess I would say, well, you know, put air in your tire if your tire is low. You got to put air in your tire, right? You have to do that. You have to just keep the snow and ice off your reel it's simple once once i once <laughs> i kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> once i kind of like you know got used to that or
1: got used to setting your reel down on 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 the handle side or you know because when you're dealing with a spinning reel you pull that fish up you just throw the thing down whatever you don't uh, you don't think twice about it you must catch
2: it. a lot of fish you're picking that thing up and setting it down a lot my wow. goodness yeah yeah
1: you know i catch a lot of six inch seven inch fish it's it's hard darn right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know once i got used to it um, I will say I was really impressed with the ability to like, you know, finesse control a fish where you can reel up a couple inches, press that trigger and you're, you know, you're right back down on them and you're not having to jig it up and down to try to get the, I, I was, I did grow to like it over the, over the season. And I will say that, uh, that black Betty free fall, um, that I have plus, uh, it's, I think I have that on a tuned up custom noodle is yep. my absolute go-to setup. i love it. Uh, I probably will buy another one. Uh, if my wife doesn't listen to this. Yeah,
0: it's funny because the last it's funny because the last time I went with him, he was trying to sell it to anybody on the lake that would take <laughs> give it. it away. He was trying to give it away.
2: So one one thing I've noticed with inline reels, and I'm thinking I have I think I bought people ask me, Do you like these? Right? It happens at work every day in the winter. I was there and, and I asked him that same question. And I answer like I this this winter I bought my seventh and eighth inline trigger free fall reel from 13, right? And so, yes, it's a simple, yes, I do like them. Um, if you look at that style of reel, it's basically a modified baitcaster. And then thinking with people with baitcasters, right? There's guys who are like, nope, I tried it once, got a backlash, I hate it. You got to get fair. back on. You got to get back on the bicycle when you fall off, right? I'm you a just, baitcaster guy for bass fishing, so I guess when you, if you followed like that logic, yeah. But at one time you weren't right. Oh no! I guarantee I was, you, in the learning <clears throat> process, you have backlashes. But you're like, okay, the you end still goal have black is backlashes,
0: well, debatable. Yeah, debatable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did get a backlash on that black Betty.
1: I did. Yeah. So and, I am not immune can to it. happen.
2: there's a tension. It literally is a modified baitcaster. <clears throat> the workings of it is a baitcaster. Okay, yeah, and I mean that interesting makes way sense. To look at it. Once yeah. you once you get over the, the nuances of it or just in the way I even use it, people you know, I actually it's hard to describe on their radio here, but I'll pull that trigger on a on a Black Betty free fall, pull the trigger, and I'll actually pull line out a lot of times with my other hand and then I just babysit the spool with my pinky.
1: The the way I got backlash with it is I treated it like a spinning reel. The first time I was using it, you know, I mm-hmm. didn't realize that that spool is when it when you let that go, when you click that thing, it is free spool. So I pulled some line off, and I pulled about forty feet off when I wanted to pull yep. three feet. So it's it was, a simple
2: mistake. I mean, I'm sure you said some choice words and got frustrated, but, but <laughs> it was a Christmas gift. You my wife down the workings of any of the end lines. I think the advantages outweigh any hassles, and there, there's a learning curve. You're going to have the hassles. I promise anyone who's never bought one, you're going to buy one. You'll you'll have some frustration, but. The not spinning bait and catching more fish. I guarantee you're going to catch more fish because the bait's not spinning. That's why I, I guess I worked through all those kinks.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that once once I got used to it and <clears throat> kind of figured out the nuances of the of the reel, I I did grow to like it. It's like I said, it, it's my
2: go-to reel. You probably need some more work, but I I do I for sure I know <laughs> for I for sure, sure do for, for sure. sure do. Um, do you, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tim.
0: Uh, I was going to ask: Do you find that you have to? Can you fish? same weight jig and everything with a free fall style like that i, I don't know why there would be a difference but they're a is little there?
2: more fickle with very light stuff okay there and and again the way i use mine a lot it just you're not going to ever defy gravity with a with a jig right by a different line or something like that you're not going to make it sink a lot faster so when i'm stripping line out and managing it you know with my pinky the spool of my pinky it gives me something to do right it checks a hey, I can kind of check the line and see if there's any kinks as it's going down there and then when I get close to the fish say on whether it's on my pad optics or on the flasher when I get close to the fish then I go back and use the manual then I'm actually touching that trigger and letting it fall slowly not twisting right in front of yeah, me yeah that's a that great not idea twist,
0: the, the the concept of the the bait not twisting is something that
2: it's so bigger than people think. Yeah,
0: it is. I it have, is because I bring I bring my little spinning reel up with my jig on, it and I watch that, and I go, "Man, what is my bait doing underwater?" Yeah, and it, 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 it's the same thing. It's doing that underwater.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny is the guys that like fish these tournaments. I'm not a tournament ice fisherman. Um They almost are all are using the old disc schoolie style or shoolie, I guess some people pronounce it that style are real it's like they literally retail for $4.99 that's what i priced them at maybe overpriced don't know um the wood rod wood handle well just the reel we're oh, talking just the, the reel. okay okay and they and it's just all they're using monofilament lines so it's buoyant and they're watching the line it's it's really cool i bought some of those setups of course, of course <laughs> i told did. my wife i had them for years but well, I they bought look a couple. like you've had them for years yeah so. yeah, yeah it's just uh I, I always am intrigued by new techniques you know i've got some of the long rods they have their time and place too but it's, it's pretty intriguing that like what drives the business is inline reels is like in retail world is driving the business. But then you look at what like these tournament nerds are doing and it's, it's so, it's simple. It's still taking line twist out, but it's light, it's sensitive. It's just, it's a weird, it blows my mind, I guess, how simple they keep it, but it's effective.
1: I guess we can go into line then,
2: because that's kind of a thing,
1: if, you know, if you're getting into ice fishing or you're, you know, you fished um, summer, you know, you've, you've open water fished for forever and you want to get into it um what would be your go what's your go-to line choice I know what mine is what's your go-to line choice
2: my favorite line would be like a two pound sunline fluorocarbon I mean it's super strong it's really supple I like fluorocarbon mainly for deeper water and again for the beginner just pick out a two three pound I think I I would recommend to use lighter line I see a lot of people beginning getting into it like give me that four pound line there and for a lot of the jigs I use ice fishing are just on the smaller end of the spectrum. It's it's not going to hold your line tight enough. So yeah. you get more action. You get better sink rate. Everything with that 2 to 3 pound that's that smaller line. Do you, and Oh, go ahead. Keep uh, just like fluorocarbon versus mono. I mean, it doesn't have to be science. But usually if I'm going to fish, say, 15 feet or less, I like monofilament. It's a little more buoyant. You can watch that if a crappie up bites it. You watch slack go on the line. Um, and then for the inverse of that, for deeper water, fluorocarbon, higher density sinks. It helps kind of things settle and sink a little better.
0: Do you yep. fi- do you find that you are better off using a line that's designed for ice versus yeah. a, a a line that's? Des- yep, it's
2: all des- you know plastic, or, you know, fluorocarbon. Either way, there's chemicals they add or subtract to it to make it more supple. In a true ice line. A good true ice line is usually going to be it's just more soft and handles better in cold weather,
1: okay? That's interesting because I, uh, I'm a big sunline guy, always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you get those little spools of uh, two pound sunline, it's 50 yards, um, it doesn't quite fill up the reel, so I wanted to get more. I bought the bigger thing of sunline two pound um sniper, yep. um, which I didn't notice any problems. But what would you say, like, so you just say it's it, that line is not as supple under extreme conditions as the the stuff that's designed for ice? Yep. Okay.
2: Yep, they design it, you know, they, they say they design it specifically for it. Maybe they're lying and pop a label on there. I don't know for sure, but... <laughs> I had great results. I'm not... I It's I probably, hard to find two-pound line a lot of times, too, that's not labeled as ice. It's, yeah. I mean, there is. there. I know there's some out there. I bought some, but... Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I didn't have any problems. I didn't notice anything where the line was getting stiff or freezing. I, maybe I did notice that the line was freezing more. I Not many more than I'm used to, but um it did freeze a lot so maybe that was it maybe it does shed water a little bit better yep. and um would have helped with ice guide another freezing. thing
2: to touch on too in line is like colored versus clear um i about a year ago to the day i was down at a work thing in texas and mr crappie william marshall was down there right like this yeah. thing was a bass yeah. geared training session And I was, like, losing my stuff over seeing, like, there's Wally Marshall. This guy's name is (laughs) Mr. Crappie. I'm like, I love crappies. It was so cool, right? So I actually asked him when I was down there because he has a, a, no pun intended, a line of fishing line he endorses with his name. And I asked him, like, what's your opinion? I'm like, this is just a couple guys here. What's your opinion on colored line? And he's like, I ain't never met a crappie that ever cared about the color of the line. And I made a lot of crappies. I'm like, it blew my mind. It it literally, that one statement gave me the confidence, like, because I'm getting older, right? I can't, I literally, like, this year found myself squinting to tie two-pound clear floral. Like, ah. what didn't well, this happen? What happened? I don't know. <laughs> give me the Getting give me old. the Walker, right? <laughs> but I I've actually used uh, more. I bought a lot more colored line this year. Like I really don't. I or... don't feel it makes a difference for fish not biting. For I'm talking panfish species, right? Bluegill, crappie, perch. Okay. I don't think it makes a difference. I can see it if it falls on the snow on the ice. I can see it better. I can tie better with it. If you're literally watching your line, you know, say on your flasher, on your panoptics, one comes up and getting really close, I switch my focus to my rod tip and my line. I can watch my line better. I guess I. that being said, I like colored line in almost every case. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah. I, I've always, i always... I thought it was going to be a completely different story out of that. I mean, yeah. Throwing your curveballs, boys. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm, I I'm of clear.
2: the
1: opposite. I'm always a try to remove as much as you can. Try to, like, you know, take all the variables out. But, I mean somebody like Mr. Crappie, um, yeah. he probably, he's probably lost more fish than I've caught yeah. in my entire life. And probably yep. that I ever will catch. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good- And you good, know what,
2: if it truly is a mental like uh, confidence thing, and confidence is huge when we talked plastics a bit ago, I mean, anything, right? If that's the case- you know, you better have confidence in the knot. With a line to line knot, put three feet of clear fluorocarbon on. Then well, that's a great sure. idea. You really, yeah. I mean, you can do what you can achieve whatever you want, despite a little leader. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a great idea.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So Scott, kind of transitioning back to
1: you know, obviously this year has been a, a unique year um, for many reasons, um, but you know, in the outdoor world, we've seen a uh, you know, giant influx of people getting into things for the first time. Um, whether it's hunting or fishing, uh, camping, all those things. I, I, I know Shields has probably been busier than they've. Mm, yep. I think it's probably been a record year for most places. Business has been good. Business has been good. Um, so you've, you've talked to a lot of first-time uh, fishermen, ice fishermen. Um, if you were to guide uh, a new ice fisherman, somebody that's maybe done it a couple times or looking to get into it, um, you know, obviously budgets, uh, you can go a couple different ways. Um you know, we talked about this off off air, but you can, you there's really no limit to what how much you can spend um, ice fishing. Five thousand, I mean, you could five thousand dollars, you could get a couple of things, and you know, be kitted out real well. But that does not mean you're going to be successful. So, for let's say for the average guy uh, looking in a or guy or girl looking to get into fishing, um, what are the couple of things, maybe three, four, five things that you would recommend that are um, going must-haves. to must haves going to make the trip. Uh, or the experience ice fishing
2: very enjoyable yep um obviously you know you got your things like rod and reel right you gotta have have to have that yeah but some you got to be comfortable so i think clothing and some of the biggest things you need and have changed for the better in the last you know whatever 18 years i worked there what i've noticed the shacks have got more comfortable so i'd say a shack you know and obviously for whatever your needs are if it's you got a car and you can't fit a big flip over if it's one person three people i mean you got to get your needs filled there but a shack so you can be comfortable or clothing you know that some of the clothing has come a long ways you know the bibs and the flotation suits just they're more mobile you're more you're way more comfortable
1: yeah when we first started
2: ice fishing 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 specific
1: clothing was was not a ice fishing specific clothing Was not a thing. Uh, It kind of changed with the, you know, the, uh, you know, the some of these these big fishing companies bringing, um, you know, bibs, uh, uh, ice fishing specific bibs and coats and boots and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, when when we go fishing, I, I try to stay out of a shack as much as possible yeah, i like, um, to, be yep. I like be to be mobile yeah. i like to be mobile that's the big thing with with me if, it changes I've, with age guys i get, I get old and lazy <laughs> i do I've, like the shack sometimes i find myself if i set up a shack that's where i'm gonna fish i yeah I,
2: getting, I love being outside of the shack i guess like the suit i have right now is an eskimo suit i love it you know it's just little things that are Purpose driven, right? Like articulated knees that are padded. So if I'm kneeling down fishing, working on a stubborn crappie, I mean, I'm literally more comfortable. I'm definitely going to be dry. Um, just like the location of pockets, right? You know, back in the day, everything was right out in the front. Well, you bend your knees and it's, you got a box in there, it's in the way. Some as simple as moving it up off the knee. I mean, just it's amazing how companies like for the one I have, the Eskimo one, I love it. There's other, a lot of other good ones out there, but. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. And, and
0: adding the flotation yeah that's i a, don't want to ever have to test it no i mean but you you we like we touched on earlier late ice i think all
1: three of us have flotation suits yeah um and it's yeah it's one of the first things when i said i was gonna you know i i'm the typical ice fisherman you you, you get out when you can drive a wheeler or a truck out that's changed over the last couple of years as i've gotten more into it um but once i decided that i was going to do more early Ice and fishing late. and late, yep. I would. I told myself I wouldn't go out unless I was, unless I invested in a in a suit that would help, you know, keep me safe for a little while until I could either yell for it help. Make, or, it
2: could definitely. I mean, there's cases that it's save people's lives. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Uh, I,
1: and I will say that it has uh, going away. That's I can tell you. When I first started fishing, I had Carhartt bibs Being and a, right. a gander mountain like flannel coat. That's what I had. I still own the and coat. Carhartt hat.
2: Carhartt hat. Oh, it, well, yeah. You, you're not going to have the bibs and not the hat. No. Yeah, yeah. You so got to, at least, I One, mean. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the hat
0: comes with the bibs. I'm yeah, a, it's got to be like a rebate or I'm something. I'm a classic <laughs>
2: outdoorsman. You got you
1: to have your outfit match, right? You got to have the same brand throughout. You, you can't wear two different types of, two yeah. different types. Um, but I'll say that, you know, buying that, I have a striker suit. I've um, had it for, I've had it for quite a while now. And it's, it has changed the way that I fish. I can go out in those single digit temps. Um and without the shack without the shack it's, it
2: is It'd crazy what you can get away with without a shack now yeah I mean, I mean we
0: a lot of times we like to use the the shack as a base camp if you will so we'll set yep. up the shack get the heater rolling in there you know pop a couple holes probably put a dead stick down whatever it may be and then from there we're hole hopping no matter what the temperature is and we're, we just use the shack as yep. if it's really cold we can at least warm our hands up. Yeah, or whatever. if the
2: fish are just pounding, I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna not sit down at the backrest and right, yeah, you know, take my coat off and just be more It'd mobile, be comfortable, more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's how I do it. I either when the conditions, if it's really windy, really cold, and I need a shack, it's there. I have mean, got a one man, I got a two man shack, you know, but I I want to be out mobile if I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's and that's I can that's, now, that's what's made
1: out. us, I would say, more successful fishermen um you know the the willingness to not post up in a shack you know you watch the you watch so many fishermen they drive to a spot they set up their shack and where do they stay most of the day that same yep. spot this all day too e- it's too
2: easy it's too to, easy it's too easy it's comfortable sit and wait for them to come by i
0: like to chase the fish around
1: <laughs> yeah yep. i mean if you're chasing you know perch you can get close to them and they may stay in that area for a while but if you're fishing basin crappies
2: they're moving they're, they're moving constantly moving. constantly
1: they're all day they're moving throughout that basin and and we fished a couple of small lakes up in northern Wisconsin and and we had can't tell you uh, a secret spot Uh, north of highway eight maybe maybe we can trade secret spots. Yeah north of highway eight. Um we were uh (laughs) we were we had live scope so we we had that luxury but it was you know you you could literally watch these the school of fish come in and out. Come I mean they were just swimming in a circle around us. So we had a a line of holes drilled around us in a circle and you could like it was one guy would you 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 know you'd bunny hop okay we're on him the next guy goes to the next hole wait for him and you we did that for half an hour until they got into a different pattern but um, we found that pattern worked for us for a while and and it was if yeah. you didn't have that technology or you didn't have I mean it would have been very difficult you'd have to sit you're there you're going
2: to catch less fish oh and, yeah
1: you know why do you fish well, Yeah. <laughs> I don't, a I don't lot of reasons, but fish. I mean, yeah.
2: ultimately, it's to catch fish. Yeah. I mean, I'm out I mean, there totally. to catch
1: fish. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a consumer of fish. I like to go out and I like to keep a healthy limit. What I need for myself or for a couple different meals, but
0: I think a lot of people are. You know, there's some fishermen have that bad name, but there's a lot of guys out there that will take. You know, if the lake's 25 limit, I'll take
2: 10. I'll whatever, take, t- yeah, yeah, that's, that's usually a what I, meals I keep. And
1: yep. call the day. So. 10 is what I, I mean, unless I'm. Planting a big fish fry, 10 is kind of that number, no matter what the limit is. It depends on
2: the lake. I mean, there's lakes, I think, you know, just, I fish for a long time, and there's just almost stunted, you know, problems fish trying to do my part, right, and just keep, there's a ton of 8-inch, 10-inch crappies, right? Some lakes I'd never keep them that size, but when I go to this lake, I want to bring home fish. I want to go there to catch fish to eat. So, yeah. Some lakes support it, and then on the flip side, I I try to always – Throw back nine inch bluegills are bigger. Twelve inch or bigger copies. Take a picture, throw them back. Yeah, that's CPR. Catch, for,
1: catch picture, release. You know, it's better
2: for the fishery a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. and
1: yeah. And, that, and that's you know ice fishing kind of gets that name. It, people go out for their limits and you know you look fill the bucket, fill up the bucket up, and I, I think it's really mm-hmm. important that you know if you want to be there fishing next year or the year after that you do have to you know know what the species. Um, you know, how you know if you're looking after crappies, generally those really big ones are probably going to be females. Um, the bigger they are, the more, you know, eggs they can have, and they'll help, you know, sustain those species. So kind yeah. of knowing
2: what the right size is to keep. It'll be interesting to see what uh, the technology of electronics really does to—I'm assuming they'll, in the next few years, is my speculation— They'll start adjusting some bag limits.
1: Yeah, just like they've done with with hunting. You know, with they've all these different states out west have started to talk about um, banning trail cameras and cell cameras because they it, it's created unfair chase. So
2: yeah, y- I mean it's there, it, there's going to be growing pains with anything new. Right, it's the way the world works It's worked for a long time. So yeah. So kind of getting back to new fishermen.
0: um, So we we got a rod and a reel. We got a rod and a reel. Clothing. Clothing or a shack.
2: Or a shack. Clothing is more important than a shack because then if you're new to it, you can be a little more selective. Like, am I going to go out last Saturday with just, you know, my new coat and bibs I bought at Shields? But it's 25 below. Probably not. It was pretty cold. I I would Mm -hmm. say that
1: those temperatures scare... A lot of people. A lot. It doesn't matter. It does. How hard? How are. hardcore? To be are.
2: honest, it it. Uh, I had the green light from my my dear sweet wife. Said you can go ahead and fish, darling. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she. <laughs> and did. no, she did last weekend. Right, we had the weekend off, and she probably wanted you to go out dad, and get cold. Yeah. And I I just didn't go. I'm like, well, how about I just go Thursday? I'm on yeah. Thursday. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, I and it's because I, I did have you know being average nine to five working guy. I try to go when I can. Yeah but I just kind of traded days. Yeah, absolutely. Life, I mean,
0: so. negative, I mean, we were negative 25, negative 30. That's hard brutal. That's fish.
1: brutal. I mean, and it's, yep. it, it's, it's, the it's hard on the fish. Uh, you know, the, the, the fish are going to be deep. They're going to try to get to the warmest water they can. It's, I, it's hard fishing. It doesn't make fishing fun. Yeah for anything
2: i mean it's just, i found stuff to do so yeah yeah, like, right. I, made, I made it through yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh getting back to uh, say so that they have the clothing um i think the most important thing beyond that is is some kind of electronics you know that a flasher of xlr markham um if the budget allows it ban optics life scope absolutely 360 right? Humber, 360 image. i'd love to have that it's a, a different tool um it's omnidirectional right it doesn't show live real time you can't see your jig on it but i want to get it yeah i mean can i buy it please
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a it's a new tool there's a you know a bunch of guys out there that are using it Mm -hmm. um with great success um it you know that i don't if if you haven't seen the hummingbird 360 imaging uh you basically you plop your deucer down and it does a it scans 360 out to like I think sixty feet is it sixty? Yeah,
2: you mean effective range? Effective range right is about sixty, 60
1: feet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get a, a one hundred and twenty foot view in all directions of, of, uh, with I think side imaging. So it's high quality mega. It's, it, it's like picture like kind of imaging. Yeah. It's,
2: it's just not real time like where the live scope is. Um, yeah, I got to get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I need mean, to have all the tools in my toolbox. Right, if it the budget sense.
1: allows it, it's one of those tools that will make you a more efficient ice fisherman
2: yep and i I don't think the guy walking in the guy or gal walking in starting ice fishing is probably going to buy that or justify it i'm just talking it's such a tool to walk out and fish with a flasher you know again you're you're not covering as much water you got a 20 degree cone so in 30 feet of water you're covering about 10 feet across the bottom but you know where they're at in the water column it's so big
0: what's what's the when you're talking flashers what's the average cost for you're looking at even if for you know you we're talking we would just talked about live scope that's going to cost you over a thousand dollars what's your you walk in something that's not going to break the bank where are we starting
2: they start at like 300 bucks little under 300 dollars. you can get a vexilar a starting that, and that's point, kind of the Vexlar
1: is probably the most prevalent name yep. in ice fishing it's the one that's been around the longest. Um, with that with that smaller model you're going to have a couple limitations.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's going to show you it it the the fish where they're at in the water column. Like so pre way back when for me when I before I had my first FL8 Vexilar, I would drop the line down to the bottom until it coiled up. I'd reel up two times and start there and start working up. Working up through That's the water column. That's what you column. had to do, yep, right? And absolutely. then I would just know you catch three fish at three reels up. So you just, you drop it down to a quads up, reel up quick at three reels and start fishing, right? Along comes of XLR, crappies, late ice, like we were talking. They may be suspended right under the, right under the ice. Yeah. I, and it's, if you don't know that from just knowledge of late season ice fishing or or just you don't have a flasher, it's like you're you're kind of fishing blind. You're going to, you can catch fish, right? Drop it down, they're going to come and chase it down, but it's just so much more effective to know where they're at. You can just pull a right and stop at a foot from them and start jigging.
1: And and the average outdoorsman, you know, we don't have unlimited time to go out there and learn these techniques and 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 you know, kind of spend all of our time fishing. Um, so making the most out of your time is important. I think yeah. getting getting a, a decent electronic really is probably the most aside from
2: a rod i I agree it's the not yeah rod and reel is inferred you got to have that you got to have a coat right you got to but a flasher of some sort some kind of electronics starting with the base of a flasher i I think you got to have it
0: and it's going to make your time out there when you're learning it's going to make it more enjoyable you're going to catch more fish you're going to know if you're in a good spot because there's fish there Yep. uh, versus hey, if I don't have a flasher, I don't even know if they're around. Yeah. Um, so having that flasher, I think, is one of the most important things for sure. I still it's only, my vote.
1: I still only fish, fish with a Vexlar. I, I personally really like a Vexilar. Um I have an... FL18. Yep. Um. So it gives me the ability to bottom zoom. Yep. Uh, which I always f- And
2: it's a nice feature, but if you're truly trying to save pennies, I mean, skip it and just yeah. get the base model yeah. because it yeah. still shows you an FL8 on a Gens pack. On is, a Gens pack, yeah. yeah it's it's a, that's one of the a,
1: best. a uh, I mean, that's what I had before I had my FL18, and I was able to, luckily enough, there's to a up. lot of them out there.
2: there I would have sure thought are. 10 years ago or 18 years ago, everyone and their brother had three of them, but they still sell. Oh, they yeah. still, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Every day, I'm sure during the ice season, people keep having kids. Yeah, you gotta right. keep yeah right. I gotta <laughs> yeah. buy my kids. I I need more electronics. Add I to out the fleet. My two and three year old. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: for sure. So, kind of going into shacks. Um, there's been a huge influx over the last, I would say, three years, away from flip over to hub style shack. So, what's your,
2: what's your kind of thoughts on hub style versus flip over? So, when hub styles first came out, I was a move mobile guy, right? So, I had a flip over shack for years and it kind of in general it fits the bill for being mobile better right everything stores inside Mm -hmm. if i want to move a hundred yards down the way i literally got to throw my heater up in the seat my flasher up on the seat and i can pull it and go if you guys
0: guys out there listening don't know what a flip over style shack is it's a it's uh it's Basically a sled with seats in it, whether it's a one-person or a two-person with a flip-over shelter um, that folds down. So you're literally pulling a, shed, uh, a sled out that can store all of your gear. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, it's, about, it's you
2: know? very efficient. It's still the most efficient shack style for mo- mobility. So the hub style came along X amount of years ago, and I thought this is the way I fish. I'd never, why, who would ever buy one? Well, I was wrong. Because a lot, and also, like when you were talking, you guys were like, oh, we want to use it for a base camp. Yep. They're great for that. Because
0: you're not going to plan on moving it anyway.
2: Yep. And and also for just square footage, right? Like I have three kids. I for sure next year are going to buy a bigger size hub shack.
0: Basically, a pop up tent that you can put yep. out on the ice. And it's just modified yeah, for your hunting tents. Yeah. I
2: used to see hunting tents out there. The modifications make sense, they're insulated. They're dark, so if you're going to sight fish and look down the hole, they're an advantage there. Um, Little holes for the propane tank to go in. I mean, it's just very, you know, purpose-driven changes changes to them to make them ice fishing, bigger flanges on the bottom to kick snow over and keep all your, you know, the blowing snow out of it.
1: Yeah, I I personally sold my flip-over shack um, and went to a hub style. I, I, I don't fish out of a shack very often. Um, it's
2: generally when it's really cold. They're great for that base camp mentality. Like we're gonna go say fish a little lake, like we're talking about. Just pop it up where you you want to go and cook brats or whatever, and go and warm up a little bit, change baits. That like, that's they, what they, they do make sense. I yeah. was I can admit I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot,
1: but and <laughs> and for for me, if I'm fishing by myself, um, trying to get that that shack that the uh, flip over shack style. They're generally a little bit bigger. A lot Um, lot more weight. A lot more weight just in in the shack by itself than you add in an auger, a propane tank, and your your box. And probably looking at 150
2: pounds. Yeah. The, The weights, I mean, like your typical, say, two to three man hub style shack, pop up hub style, is probably 40 pounds right around there. And your typical two-man flip over starts like at eighty to ninety pounds. A really out. lightweight one. That's yep.
1: a lightweight. So if you get into some of the the, the models with uh, more, more heavy insulation
2: or thicker, heavier duty slat, yeah, fabric, they're gonna yeah. that's gonna weigh ninety about a hundred pounds, 95, 100 pounds. Yep. My I get a two-man flip over, and I I won't pull out by hand unless there's a glare ice. Otherwise, it's behind the wheeler or in the back of the truck. Yep. It's nice when you got it up there, but you don't always have that luxury either.
1: Yeah. And it's just, for me, it was really hard. I, you know, I struggled a couple times getting it in the back of my truck by myself. Scott had gave me a great idea that i I'd never thought of to use short little ATV ramps to push it up. And it probably would have saved me a couple hundred bucks <laughs> and maybe a couple trips to the chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, probably like a couple, but yeah, I mean, it's just those little things that if you've, you know, you've never, I would have never thought to use a little ramp, um, to help assist me put the the shack up. I'd always stood the shack on its butt end and then kind of pushed it up. But when you've got a 20-pound propane tank and you're looking at your 200, it's it's 250 pounds. What that little ramp will do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, those 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 Or bring
2: p- Tim along. He's got a strong back. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> we, what I would personally... It's do. the only yeah. reason he likes to bring the Tim. ice yeah. fishing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the reason why I bring I Tim along. I choose my fishing yeah. partners carefully. So <laughs> that's bigger. It doesn't take a lot to be stronger than me, but I usually <laughs> make sure they're stronger.
0: <laughs> one thing that you brought up a little bit and we didn't touch on with getting into ice fishing, ice augers. Yeah. You're going to need one of those. Yeah, I would say that's probably the other
1: thing. There's and, and you need it. And you the it. You gotta get through the the excel. range of augers is deep. Deep. So you can go from hand augers, um, which you know they they definitely have their place. If you're if you're on a tight budget, a hand auger is a great option. Um if you're if you're somewhere where there's 30 inches
2: of ice you're probably not going to want a hand auger. No, I I mean, you're going to limit yourself. You're going to limit yourself. For early ice, I know people that, I I mean, myself, I still have a hand auger. I'll take it out when there's, you know, that early, say, four inches of ice or something. It's just a couple turns and you're through. But the other options are propane, gas. Gas is definitely on the out. It's dying Um, unless I'm living in some island or something like (laughs) that. But just from a retail standpoint, gas is... Dang near dead. Dang near dead. I mean, you yep. look at
1: the 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 biggest manufacturers of um, augers. I would say that they are Strike Masters probably number one.
2: Yep, Eskimo and o- Ion and Jiffy are really right. in the. Are there's some there. other brands too, but electric. I mean, that's what it's that's going what it is now. It off. And there's two ways to look at that. Either you've got a 18 volt or larger hand drill at home, the lithium brushless, or the requirements, and then. You know, there's the plastic flighted that you can adapt to that a plastic flighted auger, yep, and that's really popular now. It's cost effective if you already own the drill. It's you know it's you're talking two hundred and fifty bucks, anywhere from about one hundred and eighty to two fifty is what they run, um, and then just full on you know a lithium you know fishing specific, auger.
1: yeah, a powerhead yep. plus auger combo. Yep. Um, I I switched away from I had two gas augers that that I sold this year. I had an old StrikeMaster Laser Two, Laser make Two, yep. and then a Jiffy STX Eight, and I loved both those augers. They were they've never failed me. They were perfect augers, so I sold them. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes I mean, sense. Why, not? Um,
2: why not? Well, I I think the reason I that I switched from gas to you know to over to electric years ago was this, I I personally like I use a lot of scent like. You know, Mayfly scent, Billy Rub is the brand I love, right? I put scent on all my baits, all my ice flies and stuff. So scent I'm very conscious about. I want it to boost my chance of catching fish. On the flip side, when I had gas, loosened up the little air cap on my old Solo engine, Right. I'd get it on my fingers and then touch, you know, it's, my plastic or waxies day. at that point in life. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's done. I'm over. You know, whether <laughs> I'm I not knew my catch day didn't catch fish, my confidence yeah. was more than shook. It was sure. just like, it was done. So I love not having that. Um, you still got to pull and start, you know, and The I, nice I just, thing
0: about uh, the electric, it's going to go every time. You don't have to pull, start. Yep. If you're. If you're fishing super cold, it's still going to start with
2: care. I mean, people, right? There's always the what ifs, right? Like, what if it's, what if it gets really cold? Well, I'm like, what if you didn't fill your tank and your truck up and you couldn't drive to where you? We can do what if all day, right? If you just take the what you need to do is keep it warm. If you were out last weekend and it was 25 below, and you drill three holes and leave it outside in the snow, you're not going to drill out more holes after that. Yeah, you just pop it off and throw it in the shack or throw it in your coat. Yeah, and, it's that, and not that's not that hard. Nope. I it's switched over must. to a
1: uh, a laser light flight um, six inch auger drill, and then I got a new DeWalt uh, hammer drill. Yep. Um, I kind of looked at what I did a lot of research on YouTube to see. Um, there's there's a lot of options out there for uh, auger drill bits um, between you know nails, Eskimo, K-Drill, uh, the Light Flight. Yep. There's a couple other ones out there, but um, I kind of said on that that Strike Master, I'm a big Strike Master guy. Um, I've always liked their kind of group of products. Um, I thought that was the best one on the market now. Mm-hmm. I like the blades the best. I've always liked their blades. Um, so I went with that, and then I decided to go with DeWalt because that's what everything else I have is DeWalt. Um, and it made sense from a like a battery synergy standpoint. Um I can use that drill for the rest of the year. It's uh, it's
2: kind of a no-brainer if a guy has a multitude of batteries, you know, to if you're gonna truly drill like a thousand inches of ice or two thousand inches of ice in a day with a group of buddies, is drilled out, you need extra batteries. Absolutely. You know, if you're a guy that's gonna do that and don't have a drill, I in my case, I'm not very handy. Like changing light bulbs is a feat for me. <laughs> my, my wife will attest to that. <laughs> I usually have her do it, but um i don't ha- i didn't have a drill i do have a Milwaukee now but i still don't use it i use my i got an ion g2 super light 40 volt i love it
1: yeah i mean and, and what's i think what's really changed for me about the electric is the ability to have reverse um mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't i rarely ever bring a scoop out with me when i'm fishing i just hit reverse on that drill Throw Shush all my th- slush okay. it all back down the hole. You get a little bit, but um, that's kind of what I, I mean. It it's increased the
2: fishing time. You know, yeah. you're not spending a couple of minutes scooping out everything. Even with the electronics like panoptics, live scope stuff, I still I don't clean out my holes right until I'm fishing. And when I'm gonna bounce around, it's the coolest thing. My my good fishing buddy Blake does this. He showed me, but I got a little magnetic release on my bibs and a, literally a minnow scoop. Okay. And if if I want to drill 20 holes, there may even, with or without the electronics, there may be fish in three of them. So why even reverse it and waste my time doing that or scoop it out at all? And then I'm on my hands and knees and scouting and like, oh, there's fish here. and Then, then scoop it. Then I'll go and scoop it out a little bit. Sure. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, a yeah. idea. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's like an $8 little magnetic release thing and a $0.99 cent scoop. That's, that's a great idea. Is, yeah.
1: And it's it's that, really yeah, cool, super lightweight. You're not like you're not carrying in a big metal scoop that you know yep.
0: you're fun, you're gonna lose at some point. You're, you're
2: gonna, gonna lose at some point. It yeah. where it I, is. My scoops are all now. I gave them to the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <'Cause> <laughs> they, <laughs> they will get sunk in the lake. <laughs> yeah,
0: <if you're laughs> right yeah. absolutely. So, um, I mean, anything else you guys want to touch on? Any
1: anything else you can? You know, if you were gonna give a couple of tidbits of information to uh, to a first time fisherman or somebody that has has struggled. Um, what would be your best advice?
2: Oof. I would just try to take. I've always learned the best with someone that knows it better than I do, whether it's in anything, my hunting, fly fishing, whatever it is. And if you can get someone, and spots are hard to get out of people. I ain't going to tell you that either, <laughs> right? People are protective of that. But we'll just blindfold you when we take it to those lakes. yeah. 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 <laughs> I think if you can, if you're beginning, if you can go with somebody that just is been doing it for a while and just watch things they do it's hard to explain like i can say here's a list of what you need and i can tell you how it works but until you see it and can do it i just that's my biggest thing is try to get out with someone that's that's done it before like a mentor has a, ba- yeah. a
0: basic understanding yeah. of what's What's happening, yeah, absolutely. Whatever
2: form it's in, you know, family, friend, neighbor. I mean, people want to pass on information. We all, as fishermen, think we know everything, right? We (laughs) We don't. We pretend. That's why we're doing this whole thing. That's why
1: we're doing this whole thing. You know, the the whole reason for this podcast is to try to... um, know, pass along the little bit of information we know to people and bring in people that know far more than we do that we've learned things from over Who's the years. Who's that? <laughs> um, we're still waiting know, for that guy he, to come yeah, in. He's coming in next, I think. He's Go coming ahead. in next. Yeah, we got I, I'm sticking for, around then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, to bring to bring those people who we look to for information in and just – get the Chat conversation it, going yeah. and Absolutely. um yeah and and, that, and that's kind of what this whole thing's about and i and i think um you know there's a there's a lot for all of us to learn about fishing you know somebody out there knows more than we do mm-hmm. um and there's we live in a, somebody that knows more we live in a great era yes. where there's so much information at our fingertips online or on youtube and these little you know and then that's what i would say another thing is if you're getting into it um I spend a Research. lot of time researching. Research. Um, go on your 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 state fisheries or DNR websites. Wisconsin isn't as good as I would say Minnesota or North Dakota or some of those other ice belt states, but there is it's a still lot useful. of information. It's still it is. Useful. There Absolutely. is still a lot of information to be had on on those websites. You know, you can go on and you can look at the netting history. Um, they'll give you expected species in that lake, whether they're common or, or abundant or um, so there's, there's, and there's old, I would say from the 50s, 60s, or 70s, um, lake maps that you can go on that you can print off if you don't have the access to um, a, a, a graph on your phone. Or a, I use, for instance, I take my Helix, uh, Hummingbird Helix off my boat, uh, my summer fishing boat. And I put that on an ice box so I've got all my waypoints and my grass. If you don't have access yep. to that, you can go online, you can buy a a printed book, a hot maps or something like that yep. for the lake you're gonna go. Um, so you kind of have that idea of what the contour lines are. because um, that's big in ice fishing, is you may be fishing breaks depending on what time you are year you are. Yep. The or, big
2: open deep basins. Yep. Yeah. So that's I would say are.
1: that's that's important to have some sort of um, tool that shows you the contour lines, whether it's a map or it's you know, you can find 20 different apps on your phone from Humminbird or Navionics or all these different yep. ones that you, that'll that use your smartphone's position to give you exactly where you are in that map. It gives mat. you a good general
0: under, yeah. general understanding of where you are and what depth of water you should be in.
2: I think it's a little old-fashioned, but just if your goals are just to go out and catch some fish, if you're truly beginning at it, I mean, just call a bait shop or that, another you know, great just tool. be like, hey, if you're, if you're realistic, if you're like, hey, I want... 17-inch crappies for the wall. Where's the spot to do it? You're not going to get that answer. But if you truly what you what you want to get is just a meal of fish, 10 fish to bring home, you know, mediocre-sized fish, that that bait shop, someone's going to tell you that, right? Oh yeah, I for mean, sure. I, I've got lakes that I, I wouldn't say burn them, but there's someone that that happens every day. Someone's like, where can I go and catch fish? I want my, my kid and I want to go out. We're stuck at home with the Rona restrictions and we want to go catch fish what am I going to do not tell the guy where to catch fish exactly. I'm not giving him my spots I'll give him Tim spots <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean I want to give the guy some spots you know? I mean at the end of the day this this
1: this hunting and fishing thing can't die with our generation because we want to hide our spots from other
2: people no yeah, we want, I want to
1: pass this information it's a along
2: different generation I've seen articles and heard you know podcasts on that topic specifically like how our generation, everything's secret, right? It's, it's right. my spot. You just don't, yeah. You just don't want to, and if I mean, if you totally cut everyone off, it will die with y- us. Yeah, you, you can't you, you can't, can't be do that. selfish. There's, yeah. got, there's a balance. So, so I'm not so. telling you guys or anybody something. My my <laughs> yeah, of we'll just follow his
0: truck when he yeah, leaves. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, Scott, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. I
1: think you'll hear Scott on yeah, uh, the a, podcast uh, he a couple to more be times.
0: A, a, national and world champion turkey caller so we might be doing a turkey hunting episode with him too so we might kidnap him and make him come and call for us (laughs) this spring i remember
2: how to run a call it's like riding a bicycle i can do
0: it good so definitely look forward to having him back on here um again thanks for coming in and uh, thanks everybody for listening um as always check out our instagram page at obh outdoors and also like rate review um the podcast Leave, if you leave a review and there's a topic that you guys want us to discuss, uh, leave it in there. We, we definitely look at everything. So, uh, yeah, again, awesome podcast. Thanks for, yeah. uh, Thanks
2: Scott. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. We'll talk soon.